episode three. This is following on from how I ended the last podcast. Uh, the 16th of January. I've just come back. Well, not just come back from work, but it's 11.36. So it's, uh, it's quite late again. Just wanted to mention... Off the back of the mouse problem I've had, after I mentioned I think there's a mouse, I said there was one, and I've seen it three times. I came back on the weekend, and my flatmate actually said, I think we have mice in the kitchen. Bearing in mind, he didn't really go in the kitchen, he could just hear it, which means it was probably trapped and squeaking um, so I've come back with a friend two friends I've gone to check my traps sticky traps right and I see I've caught two not just one two one's quite big and the other one's tiny which means it's probably two really big ones and a bunch of smaller ones not good at all um, so my friend's basically, I, I told him he's a Somalian tribesman. This guy just picked up the mouse trap. The, mouse, the mice are still alive, by the way. They're twitching and moving about all sorts. He gets it, picks it up, puts it in a Sainsbury's bag, takes it outside and literally just stamps on it. I'm still traumatized by that. Well, actually... I've had worse things happen since then. So then I, while drunk, I get two more of these sticky traps, which are, by the way, the most effective traps you could ever use. The only problem is the mice are alive and they twitch about, so you need to kind of uh, execute them. Um, so I, I basically put out two more traps while... I've come back a little bit drunk and the next morning literally like Christmas morning I've just woken up let me go check my traps first thing I'm doing I see I look under the sink and I see it looks like three on one trap it looks like three and the other one was just looks like one I was right about the other one it was just one but this this other trap had five mice five flipping mice stuck to it so that took me two hours to i tried to call this somalian tribesman again he was completely asleep um and wouldn't pick up and he just started playing on my mind i was thinking what if they escape what if they can kind of muscle up some sort of energy and just wriggle away and there was one, one mouse that was literally eating the peanut butter in the middle and then trying to move. And I was like, this guy is bulking up to literally make a, make a escape. So that was playing on my mind. And at the same time, I'm petrified because I don't want to touch these flipping mice. Anyway, it's taken me two hours, but I've used an umbrella and all sorts of things to get this little mouse trap with about a kilo of mouse 
sitting on top, out of the sink, out of under the sink, shovel it into a Sainsbury's bag. Once I've closed the bag, I'm okay, because I know even if they do escape, this bag is strong and I've like closed it. Um, so yeah, I've taken them out and then I've, I've stopped these two tradesmen who were literally driving past. Um, I live in like a little side alley and they sort of turned in and were driving slowly. And I asked them if they could, uh, if they could just drive over the bag. <laughs> And then the guy was asking why what's inside. I told him and he was like, nope, not happening. So they went on their way. I got out one of my air forces. It's a strong, sturdy boot. And I just went to town. I had to, I had to put it out of their misery. But yeah, all in all, I caught eight mice and I thought there was one mouse. Exterminators are on their way. Um, but they're probably just gonna put poison all over the house, which already exists, which means this is uh, an issue that's, all, that's already been here. But hopefully they can just close up any existing, uh, any of the holes that these guys have probably come from I don't know what they're going to do but I need a professional to get under the floorboards and actually look because it took me two flipping hours to deal with that um okay I wasn't going to make this podcast about mice it's gone off longer than expected I was going to talk about the lead up to me going into hospital the age of 16 it's towards the end of my 16th birthday um yeah the lead up was it was like a a perfect storm cocktail of just issues but fundamentally i was very very insecure very unsure of myself no confidence typical teenager um going through a really really hard time but that's already a lot to deal with I also had a girlfriend at the time so it's almost like I don't I don't love myself as corny as that sounds in fact I kind of despised myself I really didn't like myself and then I loved this it was like a puppy love situation like I loved this other person and I just didn't understand how they were with me how they liked me and all of those things I think there's a whole nother episode to go into that and a 16 year old girl or 17 year old girl and a 16 year old guy and it was like I'm very unsure of myself and then I'm I'm with a a good looking girl who had a lot of attention and was invited to loads of parties and was in all these different groups and I think that just added to the pressure of and my own insecurities of I don't think I'm enough and that's something now at 24 I can just see with age um, my confidence is a lot better don't get me wrong but I'm not the same guy I was back then Um, but yeah there's no real way 
even if I could advise my younger self, it's just something you have to live through and just accept you're a 16 year old guy who needs to go through <laughs> as bad as it sounds a bit of heart heartbreak know that you're nowhere near being the man that you need to be um <clears throat> and i say this as a 24 year old now and i have a 32 year old brother and me and him are very like-minded but he's started his own company he's pretty much in the prime of his life at 32 and I think he's got years ahead of him to continue improving getting better fortunately as men and I touch wood um, with our Persian roots strong hairline I like to think we get better with age but yeah yeah that was one of the issues I think just deep insecurity of myself and sort of just wanting to live in that insecure place but I couldn't I was had a girlfriend I was always out either parties trying to keep up with her because she was going out and I didn't want to be the guy who was just stuck at home I had quite conservative parents in terms of traditional Iranian parents they want you home at nine ten o'clock and i'm sleeping over at my girlfriend's house with some sort of excuse or out until 2 3 a.m at 16. so i really fell out with my parents especially my dad back then just getting to that age where you disobey them go your own way but fundamentally i had a very low self-esteem and no foundations i didn't know how to say no I felt like I wasn't really making decisions. I was just getting pulled in every which way. So that was one thing, one element. Another element was my A-levels. I was in my first year of my A-levels. Um, for people who aren't in the UK, I don't know how other systems work, but here you do two years of A-levels, AS and A2, to get into university. So I was... I was doing my AS um, and I literally was not learning anything. I would sit in lessons and just think I learn better when I do this by myself and study. And then when I do it by myself, I'd be in a library. Another thing I've learned is I can't study in public places. I need to literally be in a, in a closet, like a, a coffin with a little lamp to study. But yeah, I'd, I'd try and go revise and then just take notes and nothing would go in and I didn't have a process. And then that was a whole system of thinking I'm studying, but I can't concentrate, I can't sit down, I can't, you know, I go through a page or two and then I overthink. I've just done a tiny bit and I've got four subjects to do and I'm behind on all of them. So that was building up in the background. It's like that episode in between is where he's reading the books, he's got all of his textbooks and notes, but nothing's going in. Literally nothing was going in. Um, and that's just stress compiling on top of everything, day after day, exams getting closer and closer and at that age you really want to fit in 
everything you do is just to fit in and seem normal. The last thing and a big fear of mine at that time was falling behind. What if I fail this year and I fall behind and my girlfriend at the time goes off to university and I'm stuck here and all my friends are gone and I'm, you know, that's another massive fear that was going on in my mind at the time. And then I had, this episode is just me complaining, mate. But I do think it's important because all that stress, in my opinion, led to something happening, some sort of car crash to to help me in a very weird way, which it did. But it was, yeah, a very fucked up long story, but I'm thankful for it. The other aspect was my my dad's situation. This guy had his own company, which basically went bankrupt. It went into administration and my dad had taken out loans, maxed out credit cards, remortgaged the house two, I think three times in the end. So now he's got a really heavy mortgage to pay off, doesn't have his company, he's gone back to being a, a minicab driver or an Addison Lee driver before it eventually got converted into an Uber driver, as we know it to be today, which he still does, he still does. But that was something he started off doing when he first, first came over, so my mum would constantly give him grief and shame about his profession and he was always hiding it that's a whole separate thing that's their their issue but it wasn't enough he had to pay something near a bit over three thousand pounds a month just for the mortgage and with his job maybe he was making literally day and night working maybe he'd make a grand and a couple hundred i want to say maybe a, a grand and a half um, so yeah, now he's got to pay another grand and a half on top of having three, four kids to support. The oldest, Daniel, my oldest brother, was pretty much at university at that time. But, you know, as much as he was working, had his loans from time to time, he'd need a, a, bit, of, a bit of money. My sister was... Oh, wait, what time? No, sorry, my, my brother was fully working at that time. My brother was fully working. This is when I went into hospital. But yeah, for for quite a few years, I, me and my younger brother basically lived in the living room. We slept on the floor for close to a year until my dad basically bought day beds. It's like a bed you can pull out and, there, and it becomes two. Me and him basically... Um, yeah, me and him basically slept there in the living room for a good f four or five years before my dad had the idea of taking out a bridge loan, which is essentially a corporate loan um, to renovate the entire house. He sold whatever he could abroad, brought money back put it all together to revamp the entire house, which just was not selling at all. So he thought, let me revamp the entire thing 
and then sell it off into three flats. We had quite a decent house. But for for four or five years when we were living downstairs, we had rented out the top half of our house um, to make up another 1.5, two grand to pay, cover the mortgage and then all the other costs on top, you know, phone bills, internet, gas, water, electric. So my dad would remind me constantly. And as a young kid, you, you really internalize that. Like as much as he was complaining and getting it off his chest when I was in the car, I didn't, I wasn't able to process that. I just thought this guy is purely struggling. She kind of was. Um, and I was on free school meals the whole of secondary school and was selling Doritos during, <laughs> I was selling snacks during break time. I'd make a good, so I'd, I'd buy a multi-pack for a pound at the time from the 99p store. There would be three chili heat wave, three tangy orange, three cool original. And I'd sell each one for 50p. So £4.50, £3.50 profit, I think. I had a whole a whole scheme going on. That might be a good episode. I might break this up into two episodes, just 20 minutes, and then do another 20-minute one. Um, yeah. So the lead-up to the hospital, um, I'd say a few months before I basically fell really ill and went in uh, my dad began renovating the entire place I was my house was basically a construction site but we started off with the ground floor and we lived up top so like we could essentially live there while they were doing work but you know it gets all messy and dusty and literally building site and then by the time they finish the ground floor and they want to move up top we move into the down the downstairs area and then they can start work on the upstairs so it was a very hatched plan and with construction it never goes to plan there's always going to be well, it's always going to be a little bit above budget and in his case it was a lot above what they initially anticipated it, the cost to come to and I was aware of all of this you know I had my A-levels going on I didn't have a room I was basically going to the library every night I couldn't concentrate I couldn't actually learn anything um, as much as I would study like nothing was actually going in I had my girlfriend at the time wasn't the best relationship and it was also my first relationship so I was just a cocktail of insecurities and trying to just keep up with her and yeah it was a uh, not the right time for me to have been in a relationship but it yeah it's just how it was at the time and then I also worked two days a week at a tuition centre which is actually quite nice that was if anything my my escape it was a bit of a release like a change of scenery some downtime wasn't doing any work wasn't seeing my girlfriend wasn't at home it was like a nice separate thing I had going on on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, so I can't say that was a stress, but 
Yeah, my dad essentially had to sell the house before the year was up to pay off a million pound loan he had taken out. Otherwise, he'd be charged 30,000 pound interest per month if he didn't pay off in time. So that was a massive, massive stress on him. And naturally, that would trickle down because we were also thinking, what happens once we sell it? Where do I move to? Am I going to be, well, I'm definitely not going to be in the same area. We had a really nice house, which we struggled to to live in for so long. Um, I think that is wrapping up part one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Before it gets even deeper, that is the part one of the lead up to to the hospital.